Welcome to an episode of Legally Unfiltered, a legal podcast discussing topics in the media and issues that affect your life. This is attorney Franz Borkhardt. I'm here with attorney Richard Sprinkle. As a disclaimer, this episode addresses a mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Legally Unfiltered is entitled Cops Gone Wild, and that pretty much sets the stage for what we're going to be talking about today, a strip club sting in Louisiana that goes terribly wrong. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened, the legal aspects of what's the effect of what went wrong, and we're going to talk a little bit about undercover investigations, what cops can do and what they can't do, and maybe how these cops might be in some hot water for some of their indiscretion. So to kick things off, Richard, tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. Well, what we're talking about is the type of sting you see on the news. Actually, you see it in television, primetime television, in the movies. Picture this. There's a strip club out in the country somewhere, and the strip club may or may not have a reputation for having extracurricular activities going on. Allegedly drug use, allegedly drug sales, allegedly prostitution, allegedly all of the things that one could picture might go on in an adult entertainment establishment. So with enough complaints and with enough allegations, the police can have reasonable suspicion to begin an investigation. And that's what happened in this case. An investigation was begun into the Mansion Strip Club in St. Helena Parish. This was an ongoing investigation that involved federal agents and local law enforcement officers and some not so local law enforcement officers. And what happened is the investigation seems to have gotten a little out of hand. I don't think it's shocking that a strip club and I'm, and folks we're not we're not the judgmental sort not every strip cor- club in the country is is simultaneously an adult entertainment facility that also walks in the illegal narcotics business or trade as well as the illegal sex trafficking trade but it's not unfathomable that a strip club might have some of these components going on. Um, the mansion, Richard, was notorious for this. In fact, they were trying to shut this place down since I think about 2012. Um, the ATC starts the investigation, brings some different law enforcement officers in. What happens? Well, what happens is law enforcement's come in from the local parish and law enforcement's also uh, officers come in from many parishes away, approximately a three hour drive away. And these officers come in and behave as a normal strip club patron would. They're watching dances. They're tipping the girls. They may be drinking. We don't know. Um, but they're also paying for private dances. Cue Tina Turner. And these dancers for money will do what you want them to do, apparently. Uh, certain dancers may have allowed officers to cross the line, so to speak. You're candy coating it. I am you're, candy, you're candy coating it. it. I am candy coating Fo- it. Folks, let's, let's, let's also give this backdrop. After these terrible terrible things went wrong in this investigation. The sheriff of St. Helena said in response to acting undercover, he said, you know, when you're undercover, you have to act like one of the customers, like a civilian and you're cool and you're not the police. Edward said, sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. And I think what Richard's tap tap dancing around, which I'm hoping he, he starts talking about is those things that these officers had to do for the sake of the investigation that they, I'm sure, didn't want to do. 
Well, I, I'm not sure if they had to do it. That might be a stretch, but um, oftentimes the there is this mystique of what happens during private dances. Uh, one's mind can wander, but it doesn't have to wander far, folks. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Uh, there was a little... Um, Sticking one's finger into the pie in this case. Yes. Two-time digital penetration. Two-time digital penetration. Um, If we have to explain that to you, go find another podcast. So, and to set the scene, guys and and girls, to set the scene, basically, it was a VIP room kind of scenario where the officer had paid for... A a, private dance. A private dance and had clearly crossed the line. Now, now, just when you thought that, that a law enforcement officer working undercover penetrating a fine adult entertainer or a young working girl isn't enough. My favorite story that came out of this investigation was the young lady that told another officer, hey, I just had a kid three months ago. And the officer said, show me because I guess he wanted to see proof. Well, you're leaving out the best part. I just had a kid a few months ago and my boobs are full of milk. That's right. So she proceeds to splash milk in his face. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not making this up. This this is this is in the arrest affidavit. So so long story made short, after they they do this I, I guess sting operation 13 arrests come out of the of the sting operation and one of the officers i think his name was gyro starts writing all the things that happened okay so there's 13 arrests for drugs for solicitation uh for for the uninitiated that means prostitution uh, maybe a stolen firearm in there so gyro writes about all these things that happened and guess what happens from there the bust goes bye-bye. Yeah, the DA's office, the DA's office in St. Helena, that would be Scott Perilou's office, says, you know what? I just don't think it's a good idea that, that we proceed on this. And that brings us to one of the major points of this of this podcast is, look, police officers acting badly, boys being boys, um, cops, cops gone wild. What happens when you have police misconduct? And by the way, now there's discussion in this in this case about possibly prosecuting or investigating some of the officers involved. Part of the problem is, one, the true criminals, the people that were soliciting and are selling drugs out of the strip club, the true criminals are going to get a free pass because your misconduct, your 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 misbehavior destroys and taints the investigation. Secondly, now we have to change focus from the true criminals to you as an officer and whether or not we're going to prosecute you. And that could very well happen in this case. You know, the sheriff initially came out with that statement that said, you know, you have to sometimes do what you have things you don't want to do. And then he later retracts saying that, you know, there shouldn't have been physical contact or there should have been as little physical contact. I should as have instructed them not to touch the girl. Yeah. His quote was something along those lines. I mean, lines. I'm sure those poor officers, it was like a life or death situation from them. And, and you know, Richard and I were talking about this before we, we, we started recording, you know, I can see Richard a scenario where you're you're an undercover narc agent and and one of the drug dealers wants you to do a bump of cocaine and you have to do the cocaine or it's a life or death situation where you or some of your your fellow officers that are undercover with you, you know, Miami Vice style, they're going to get shot and killed. I understand that scenario where you have to break the law in order to maintain the investigation and and and, and preserve your your safety and well-being. There is no necessity 
I may regret saying this, there's no necessity for officers to digitally insert their fingers. And and by the way, the, the funniest part about this, the stuff you can't make up is if you read the affidavit, it describes how he moved his finger, how he rotated it, and the moisture of the young lady. That is all in the affidavits. Uh, you know, I just, the kicker is, to make the arrest for the drugs or solicitation. And to folks, let me take, take a step back. Most of the time when you have prostitution stings, you don't have to have the sexual act to make the arrest. A solicitation is an offering of, of sex for money. So generally the conversation of it in and of itself is enough to convict the, the arrest and, 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 and to be done with the situation. Law enforcement officers don't generally have sex with the prostitutes and then say, ha ha, I got you. You're a prostitute. So some of the, 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 behavior that's described, Richard, is just, I I don't know. I mean, now the flip side of this is, is sometimes the law is okay with officers kind of skirting or breaking the law to a certain degree to do sting operations. You know, the classic, the classic example is a drug deal where the cops use an informant or a control, you know, a, a secret individual that's working with the cops to do a controlled buy and that that individual gets money from the cops they go into a scenario and they they buy narcotics and the uh, they bring the narcotic narcotics back to the officer and so yeah technically the officers are, are, are acting in a criminal manner but we're okay with that because it was a necessary component of proving the crime we don't really have the, the splashing the milk on the face I mean I mean I guess I guess he was really in the role I guess that officer was really doing some method acting and, you know, the interesting thing, and, and I've turned that particular event over and over in my mind. Uh, it's hard not to, every time I pour a cup of coffee and add a little cream to it. Um, I'm not sure Now this is, this is just me being legal theorician here. I'm not sure what the law is. He broke other than maybe just some, Oh no, that's, that's, that's that's, Okay. Fair. To be candid, folks, the the squirting, the lactating, uh, excuse me, the squirting of the breast milk in the face of the officer doesn't really break a law. No. Okay. Other than maybe possibly a no contact. And that's a stretch. No contact with the stripper. Louisiana um, generally has has rules about what you can and can't do with strip strippers in strip clubs. I think Chris Rock may have put it best. There's there is no sex in the champagne room. Thank you. that wasn't the crime. The crime is going to be possibly the digital insertion, whether or not that is, if it was consensual, and it probably may have been consensual, um, I don't know. Um, if it was consensual, it's not necessarily a sex, a s- sexual assault, but it may be a foul- malfeasance in office. It may be some other crime that police officers shouldn't and can't do. Um, now, if she claims that she he did not have permission to insert said finger into her vagina, then it could become a sexual battery of some sort, and that's a serious felony in Louisiana. But he paid her to do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Two different dances, $80 a dance. So probably not. Probably, Probably not, a con- not unconsensual. Right, right, right. So, so again, the, I think the crime you're looking at, if anything, is whether or not that officer was committing, quote unquote, malfeasance, which, 
you know, look, and, and look, the bigger picture picture is whether they're prosecuted for a crime or not. Do you want these kind of officers being officers on your squad? Because because, I mean, that kind of behavior, while we, we're laughing at it in, in hindsight, we're laughing at it because you just can't make this stuff up. That kind of behavior is that the kind of people you want serving, protecting and serving you in law enforcement? And, and you know, the funniest is, though, and, and again, this is another thing we were talking about before we, we started recording. This officer who wrote the reports, uh, again, I, I think his name was Gyro. Um, this officer that wrote the reports, I mean, his his level of detail and description. I mean, at one point, he, ladies and gentlemen, he writes about the description of the of the genital area of one of the girls that was dancing in such a description so as to lead one to not need much of an imagination. It was hardwoods, not shag. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I've never read a police report of this nature before, but, you know, look. So the question, going back, the question is, is did these officers break the law in some way? Now, now another layer of this is I think there were some off-duty officers or extra-duty officers working at the strip club, which it's not uncommon to have private security at strip clubs be off-duty or extra-duty officers. Um, Oh, they just weren't working there. Oh, really? Manager John Catalano Jr. was also wearing his duty weapon and was booked with possessing illegal narcotics, letting a disorderly place and malfeasance in office. Now, why would the strip club manager be carrying a, quote, duty weapon and be charged with malfeasance malfeasance in office? Uh, Hey. Clue me in, Franz. Hey. Boys will be boys. No, that means that means we have an individual who's somewhat somehow connected to the sheriff's department who also manages the very strip club that's being raided. I see all kinds of potential problems here. Do you think that that was a factor in the investigation? Like, I mean, there there's discussion. And, and by the way, if you want more information on this besides this podcast, we we're, our initial source besides the law enforcement reports is the the Baton Rouge Advocate. It's a newspaper. It's a local newspaper in Baton Rouge. They wrote a, a, a story on this. You know, there's references to to the management being complicit, if not in on it. Um, I wonder, though, if that was a part of the the investigation was that this guy was a law enforcement officer, at least kind of a law enforcement officer such that 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 was another layer of this but just admittedly having only read the articles and having not read police reports or any other you know information that's come out of this investigation it raises the question was this manager uh at the strip club complicit in some of these illegal acts or was this manager uh was this person brought in as a manager of the strip club for the sake of the investigation, it, it raises more questions than it answers. Yeah. So once again, uh, cops gone wild. You, you've got a sting operation. Um, and, and by the way, in case we glossed over it, they went to the strip club a few times, did they not, over the course of this investigation? This investigation progressed for quite can some I, time. Can I ask a question? Why did the cops have to be undercover on this one? Why couldn't they use civilians like they do in drug controlled drug buys or when they're trying to catch people selling alcohol to minor? Why didn't why didn't they just use civilians? Well, I can I can think of no logistical reason why they couldn't use a confidential informant or confidential source in a case like this. They could have put a, a hidden body cam on somebody. Um, no body Lord, cameras on this one. Lord knows we've seen them in, in drug cases. Um I have an idea why the officers uh, chose to do this. That 
Richard just brought up a point that we hadn't talked about yet. So at one point during the investigation, there was apparently a solicitation discussion that the officer claims happened between he and one of the girls working, which the officer was wearing a recording device. But none of the solicitation discussion was recorded on the on the recording device. And yet we have in the police reports the digital penetration that happened not once but twice. So, um, folks, we just can't make this up. You know, one of the things we plan on doing with, with these podcasts is that we're going to have a reoccurring legal theme of stuff we just can't make up. Um, and we're not, and, and, and by the way, look, we're not picking on cops, but this stuff just writes itself. I mean, this, this, this is, this is, this, this kind of shenanigans is just, I'm at a loss. I just don't know. I I don't know how it got as far as it got. I mean, I have some ideas of how it got as far as it got. I feel like they were trying to relive the plot of the movie Porky's from the eighties. Look it up folks. It's hilarious. I mean, it's the lactation story. is so ridiculous. It has, it has to be true. It has to be true that he was like, show me. And so of course she splashed it in his face. But how was officer Giroux always there and able to watch everything going on? So either he was there, Either that officer that wrote the, the affidavit, the, the, the arrest affidavit, was either there right. or he had dialogue with officers as to what happened. So, I mean, just just out r- ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. OK, one last thing to think about this affidavit written by Officer Giroux was presented before a judge or a magistrate judge in order to drum up some arrest warrants. Can you picture the look on this judge's face as he read this affidavit? I mean, well, he signed it. He I mean, signed it. I mean, I mean, he or she, whoever, whoever the judge was in that in that parish, signed the affidavit. They made thirteen arrests. Um, but I think what's important in this in this in the important lesson in this case, and we we've talked about it already, is you made thirteen arrests. You spent. How much money? Oh, hundreds of thousands. I, I'm willing to bet. Yeah, this, I mean, this was a long-term investigation. This, this is like set, making a pile of taxpayer money and setting it on fire because of the of the of the misconduct of a few officers in the investigation. And folks, again, that's the major pro- problem with this kind of conduct: is it destroys the police investigation. It it, it destroys and taints the ability. Now, look. The prosecutor could theoretically prosecute um, these 13 individuals, but you've got an incredible airing of laundry that would come out. And by the way, if, if either Richard or myself were the defense attorneys in this case, I would love... I mean, these are, it sounds like most of these arrests are misdemeanors, so it would be judge trials in Louisiana, for now at least. But let's say there's a felony charge. I would love to present to a jury how it's okay for officer whomever to digitally insert his finger into a vagina twice, but it's not okay for, for this strip club to otherwise let that happen on a regular basis. You know, that would just be a fun jury trial to have. I'm not saying I'd get a not guilty on it, but it'd be fun to try it nonetheless. So um, we're going to continue guys. Uh, we're going to continue having these kind of episodes that, that talk about s- stuff we just can't make up. I think that's about it. Oh, wait, Richard's telling me there's one. There's more. Wait, there's more. This is just a minor housekeeping issue. I mentioned earlier that there were federal agents and local law enforcement. Turns out it's the state ACO, uh, alcohol tobacco. Yeah, uh, the ATC. Yeah, ATC that was, that was running it, not the feds. Don't want to step on anybody's toes. So I would imagine the ATC is involved because they probably control the liquor, liquor licensing exactly. uh, portion, which in 
in Louisiana, sometimes the liquor license and the stripper licenses are tethered together. I can tell you in Baton Rouge that that you apply for a stripper license in the same place you apply for an alcohol license. So, well, uh, again, St. Helena has been trying to do something about this strip club for a long time. And regardless of what kind of bar it is, sports bar, strip club, uh, whatever, if you want it to go away, what do you go after? The alcohol license. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, this place is 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 pretty much bulletproof right now. Um, <laughs> they best bring kryptonite if they're gonna if they're gonna shut this place down, or possibly just officers that are not going to break the law. Now, now again, um, you know, before we close out, it, you know, this is this this is. The DA's office has said they're not going to prosecute. We we're waiting to find out whether or not the officers are going to be prosecuted. The DA turned it over to law enforcement. Um, you know, not the same law enforcement agency, um, you know, and the sheriff who, oh, if we, we left this point out. The sheriff is, of course, the brother of the governor of the state of Louisiana, right? Dun, dun, dun. So has nothing to do with the governor of Louisiana, no, but no, just, it's just kind of a, you know, of course, it's he's a six degrees of Kevin. Yeah, Bacon. Of course, he's the brother of the governor. I mean, you know, his position is basically his position is, yeah, probably should have minimized the physical contact. So, well, Franz, the, the advocate went so far as to ask uh, Ralph Goyanechi, uh, you know, of the New Orleans Crime Commission about things. They asked uh, former uh, uh, New Orleans Police Department Captain Tim Bay, uh, Bayard about this. I mean, what did what did former Captain Bayard have to say about this? As far as inserting anything, and I quote, that was a no-no for us for damn sure, Bayard said. You don't do that kind of shit. Um, so yeah, other law enforcement agencies are, are kind of not being bashful for the fact that, or, or about the fact that maybe inserting your, your finger inside of the young lady who's performing for you is, is not okay. And I, and I'm, and again, I'm, I'm interested to see how this officer justifies it other than to say, you know, Hey, look, I was, and, and by the way, guys, that's the defense. The defense for these guys is going to be, what do you expect me to do? I'm acting under color of the law. I am doing a sting operation of a strip club. I am trying to get evidence. I'm trying to get proof that they're acting, you know, uh, outside the color of the law. And, and look, I, you know, maybe I went a little bit too far, but what am I supposed to do? I'm, 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 I'm in this role. I'm, I'm doing this activity because I'm, I'm being told to do so. That's going to be the defense is this is no different. Once again, this is no different than the, the law enforcement officer that buys illegal drugs or makes an illegal bet, make, you know, or makes an illegal bet. This is no different than the, 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 officer that's online trying to catch child predators by soliciting. This is illegal activity that is otherwise allowed by color of law. That's going to be the argument. Now, whether or not that works or not, I, it remains to be seen. I, I don't think he needed to go that far to, to get enough proof to make the arrest. But, you know, hey, look, you know, boys will be boys. Folks, if you want to look up the article, it is from the advocate out of Baton Rouge. The headline of the article is in strip club sting undercover Louisiana agents cross the line with big no, no experts say that's about it for this episode of legally unfiltered. This is attorney Franz Borkart. I'm here with attorney Richard Sprinkle and we'll keep an eye on this story and let you know what happens. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.